this morning's message, be careful of forming relationships. Be careful of the relationships you form. The reading scripture came from the book of James, the fourth chapter, and the fourth verse. And our scripture text is Isaiah, the 57th chapter, the first to the 17th verse, where he addresses the people of Israel. He addresses Israel here. It's just like when I address the church. Uh, we have the nation being addressed, anything to the people in the world. As we say in our doxology, what we say to one, we say to all. So the word's being spoken, but the applicability of it doesn't apply to all in the same way. It doesn't apply to all in the same way. That being because there's two different seeds in the earth. They're the children of God and there are the children of Satan. Everyone is not children of God. Everyone won't be children of God. Jesus didn't die for everyone. So God, he had chosen before the foundations of the world those that he would die for and redeem. That's been written up on his on their hearts and it, he has that number and that, that God gives him and he said none shall be lost all that the father giveth him shall come to him so we're born by the word of God it's that seed of faith that grow, goes in and we see <clears throat> the effectiveness of the seed. There's nothing wrong with the seed. All of the seed is the same. In other words, all of the seed, the word of God is the seed. It's the word of faith that is sown. The ground is what varies. Some fell on thorny ground. Some fell by the wayside. Some fell on good ground. Now, some of the seed were taken away and eaten by the birds of the air. But he also uses that application later on in the parable where he sowed the seed. This man sowed seed into his field. The field is the world. And the parable tells us the field is the world. But then as we slept, like the five wise and the five foolish, the enemy came and sowed tares among those seeds. Mm-hmm. He allowed them to grow together or whatever. So in this world, we have to come to God. As we come to God, and those of us that are awakened, that are born again, we realize that we're in a world that's the world of Satan. In other words, that a, there's a different God that rules the world that we're in. Right. There's a different God that rules the world that we're in. And that we're pilgrims and soldiers that's down here. So we start hearing this when we're born again. That's the regeneration what starts. We're having our minds or we're quickened or made alive. So after that birth, we have to, of uh, the Spirit comes to us. And we, as we're drawn to God, he starts showing us 
and talking to us. And the more closer, the more the relationship develops, we find out that we're born of God and that Jesus Christ is our husband. He's he's the head of the church and that we're the bride of the bride of Christ so that we can't have a fellowship or relationship with the world because we are married to another. We belong to someone else. And to have a relationship with that individual, another individual, it would be the same as a wife flirting with other lovers or someone else of teasing and we see where most relationships, most adulterous relationships, most of these relationships come from people you work with on the job, yes. people you work with, your closest friends, the allies around you, or whoever it is. But if you find out the people that form the adulterous relationship, more than less likely they were friends in the beginning. It started out as friends. Some men say, well, I can't talk to my wife. I can't talk to uh, this person. The spouse of the wife say, well, my husband don't understand me. And you begin to going to others with your problem. You start talking to some other man. You start talking to some other woman. And that relationship, you, you begin, begin to meld together. And after a while, you say you're soulmates. Uh, on the job, you know, you have people you flirt or play with on the job and the relationship develops. And most, a lot of them would tell you, you know, we used to be friends. I didn't marry a stranger. I married my best friends. We were friends first. Oh, yeah. That's why <clears throat> we have to watch the relationships in which we developed. That's why I say, be careful of forming relationships. It says, the book of James, you adulteresses, that is, those disloyal sinners flirting with the world and breaking your vow to God. Because you know you're married to Jesus Christ, and but yet you still love the world of the people that are in the world. You're not circumspect. You don't have uh, put that distance that you consecrated. You belong to another. You espoused to Christ. That's why he says, do you not know that being the world's friend, that is loving the things of the world. And we know another place in James, he says, love not the world and other things are in the world. Amen. If you love the world, you're an enemy of God. That makes you God's enemy because he's a jealous God. And how would you feel if you come into the room or come somewhere and your wife is holding hands with another man? Your wife is, is there hugging uh, sitting next to another man, you 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 probably gonna want to do something. Is there something wrong there? So he says, is being God's enemy. So whoever chooses to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You made a deliberate choice to go away from your husband that had espoused you. That's what happened in the book of Isaiah here that he's talking. He's telling the people. And as I told you, this was toward the end of the relationship with God. It would be some hundred years in the future that Babylon would take them away captive and God gives them a divorce later on in 
Matthew we see in the Gospels where Jesus Christ is crucified on the cross. Yes. And they said, we choose Caesar as our king. So with the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, he was free. God's free to marry another. Because earlier he had given Israel their bill of divorcement. They had a divorce bill. So he couldn't go back and marry or remarry her again because she was married to another and that would be divorce. I mean, that would be adultery. To marry someone that you previously married to if they've married another or had a relationship with another in between them. So Christ, with Jesus' death, with the death of the Messiah, that left him free to marry another in what he did. He chose a Gentile bride. But also those that had been faithful to him, Israel, that remnant, he could take them in also that still fulfills that old covenant because those that he divorced from of those that he was no longer king unto were never his. He had chosen us. We hadn't chosen him. Remember I said God had, we are God's chosen people. And see, that's an example that we have there. So first point here is spiritual adultery. See, because like I said, we were in a physical world and we were all dead in sin and trespasses. Mm -hmm. Some of us, God had awakened. He made a lie. That was the new birth. We were born by the word of God. And as children that begin to learn and to walk in the way, we cry, Abba, Father. Mm -hmm. We cry unto God and we start learning of him because if we're Jesus' disciples, if we love Christ, we continue in his word and he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Those of us that don't come to Bible study, those of us that don't study God's word, those of us who don't develop a relationship with Jesus Christ are none of his. Now, you can work. I, I called my brother the other day that stays in Georgia, and he had got up at 6 o'clock, and their church was preparing some boxes and things. They feed the needed there, and they had prepared those boxes and things, and they was going to give them out that Friday. The church can go about doing those things. Mm. But those that are within the church, those that are within the church that are doing all those, that doesn't obligate them to Christ in marriage. There are many false prophets. There are many preachers and things that get up and go to work preaching the gospel, that pray and carry on the gospel and do all these things. Now, that doesn't engender or that doesn't obligate, obligate Jesus Christ to marry them. You have the five wise and the five foolish. Some of them slumber and sleeping. Maybe those are not part of the true church. See, because if you read the book of Hosea, and he told Hosea to go marry Goma. Goma was a harlot. She was a prostitute. And that's, that's what our word tells us this morning. He says, but draw near hither, ye sons of sorceress, the seed of adultery and the whore. In other words, of all of the world, he's talking and he's saying this to them. And like I said, it's applicable to those that 
don't hear his word. But they're hearing the language that he's using. He's, they're hearing what he's saying, but without an understanding ear, without a seeing eye, because they don't have perception. They don't have all this stuff from God. Yes, Lord. They're none of his, so they can't understand. That's why there's going to be a lot that do those things and they're going to come to him thinking they're obligated to be carried on to the kingdom of God. And he's going to say, I never knew you. In other words, I never had fellowship. I never had a relationship with you because Adam knew his wife. To know your wife means you have intimacy with her, Mm -hmm. means you consecrate the marriage. In other words, that wedding ceremony Upon that night, you consummate the marriage by a union of your body and her body. That's why marriage is sacred. The world has copied it. The world has uh, profaned it. And all of these things of God and the word of God, they've profaned the word. The world through the depravity of man have defamed, uh, uh, profaned everything that it touched. God created everything good. But it was man that perverted it and turned it evil. You can do good works and people could take the wrong motivation or see it from the wrong perspective and turn something good evil. Only God can keep it in its proper place. Only God can keep marriage in its proper place. Unfaithfulness to the covenant vows to God is who is represented as the husband of his people. And as I said, he says, but come here, you sons of sorcerers, raised in deception and superstition, offspring of adulterers and a prostitute. Of whom do you make fun? Against whom do you open wide your mouth and stick out your tongue? Are you not children of rebellion, offspring of deceit? In other words, I know who you are. And even though I choose you, one of you is a devil. One of you came from the wrong stock. God had a vine. If we look in the book of Isaiah, starting at the first chapter, he planted a godly vineyard. Yes. And he used chosen vines. He used yes. the best of things. Yes. But it brought forth wild fruit, sour fruit. It brought forth the wrong thing. He said, now what shall I do with my vineyard? It didn't turn out like I wanted it to do. You could have children and train them up in the way they should go. But they may depart from it because they were not actually your children. Mm. They were planted into that family. The wicked one sown tears into your family. That's why he told Gomi, he says, Jezreel, Laura, Army, all of those children, he says, they're not my children. You know, it's a lot of whorish women that the fool men and tell them, well, that's your son and that. He don't even look like him or whatever. The, the daughter don't even look like him. Yes. And he say, your, 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 your children are harlots. They've learned from you. They do the same thing. You're going with this man and going with that man, and none of them are his. Hmm. None of them are his. See, and that's what happened with God's people. They went back and they was into idolatry. They was into all kinds of things, but they were supposedly married to God. See, Jesus Christ in that new covenant he talks about in Jeremiah, the 32nd chapter through the 34th chapter, he says, a new covenant I'll make with him. In other words, the old covenant is not any good by the flesh. 
I'm going to make a new covenant whereby it's going to be by faith. I'm going to write it up on their hearts. I'm going to give them a new heart. In other words, these are mine, those who do the will of my father. And that's what Jesus told him when he was preaching. He says, who is my mother? Who is my father? Who is my brother and sister? And he looked behind him as if to just a wave and say, those that do the will of my father. So physically, you may be in a relationship. That may be your, but he says, those are your home could be your enemies. So your physical brother or your physical sister or mother may not be your spiritual sister or mother. He says, I didn't came, come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. I'm going to divide this thing up. Yes. yes, Jesus. You know, because the body of Christ can't be joined to a harlot. Mm-hmm. That's why we have the divisions in the world. That's why we have the chaos going. Because God's calling forth his people who are hearing the word, who are hearing the clarion call of God, saying, come unto me, be ye separate. And they're starting to stand their ground. They're starting to walk because it is the spirit that is working. There are a lot of people in the church work, work divination. They do divination. We, we have all kinds of things in life or whatever. Joseph, he act like he was doing divination when his brothers was about to leave. And you remember he said that they had stolen his cup, his precious, they had put the jewelry in the cups and things in one of them sacked. And he was going to hold him hostage. Who he did, he said, because they stole the things in which he divined by. And that is divination. See, some people today, what is divination? It is foretelling the future events or discovering things secret by an aid of superior beings or other than human reasoning or human means. And so a lot of people speak and they say, peace, peace, or they say things, or this is what the Spirit of the Lord told me, but they're false things. They're false prophets. That's why I say everybody that speaks in the name of God is not of God Everybody in the church, we see Jesus Christ addressing the churches in Revelation. That should open a lot of the people's ears that everybody that hug your neck and say, brother, brother, it's not your brother. Jude talks about those taking communion. See, this is nothing but bread, what is crackers, and juice. Some people use real wine. The Catholic Church said it's the body of Christ. It turns into the body of Christ. But that's symbolism for something. That stands for something, and that's why I said, as often as you do this, you do it. But you know, that could be worse for your health and worse for your spiritual life than not taking it. Some people who, who take this unworthily, some people who handle this, it makes them sick. Some even die. It's what this stands for. What, what, that's something that he gave us was a symbol of something. It stood for something. So that, that doesn't change anything here. But he says, you must eat of my body and drink of my blood. But he was talking spiritual. He was talking doing the word of God. He was talking about studying the word of God, letting it be written on your heart. Hiding his word in your heart so that you can walk worthy of the call wherewith you were called. So sorcery and witchcraft and all of these things, it could be television, uh, drugs, uh, 
condemning, uh, love, uh, covetousness, all of these things are idolatry because he says covetousness is idolatry. He says rebellion is the same as the sin of witchcraft. You remember with Saul and he offered up sacrifices and Samuel told him rebellion is just the sin of witchcraft. You didn't reject God's word. You're not obeying God's word. That's just like practicing witchcraft or soothsaying. Saul was reduced to going into necromancy, which Deuteronomy forbids sorcery. The book of Deuteronomy 18, chapter 9 through the 12th verse condemns it. He says, when you enter the land which the Lord your God has given you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable of those repulsive practices of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire as a sacrifice, or one who div- uses divination and fortune telling, one who practices witchcraft, or one who interprets omens or sorcery, or one who casts a charm or spell, or a medium, or a spiritual, or necromancer, those who speak to the dead. We watched vampire pictures and all those, but those are dead people that's come back to life. We had the biggest celebration, the Day of the Dead, last month, that is Halloween. And that's been crept to the churches, Halloween and all of these days. He says, you shall be not do these detestable practice because that's why I'm driving after people that's already in the land. I'm driving them out. You shall be blameless that he is perfect before the Lord your God. For those nations which you shall dispossess, listen to those practices, witchcraft and diviners and fortune tellers. But as for you, the Lord your God says you shall not do those things. And so here we see the beginning of rebellion. We see the beginning of witchcraft and rejection and adultery. And what does this mean? He's not talking about physical, even though we can see it in the physical. He's talking spiritual. Yes. Your body no longer belongs to you, your life. You have to lose your life. You have to die to self. So the relationship that you are developing is with Jesus Christ. Your husband, the one that you're looking for to come back and carry you away from all of these things. The one that says, in my father's house of many mansions. The one that whose promises is in this book. It's to his bride. It's not to the carnal because sin is condemned in the flesh. Sin is condemned in the flesh. So we have adultery. That is spiritual adultery. The second point would be admonition. Hearing comes preaching. That's what preaching is. That's a warning, a gentle warning, a harsh warning in preaching. You can preach fine brimstone. There's different types of preaching. And he says, go ye into all of the world, preaching and teaching and making disciples. And that's, that's, that's a commission. That's the great commission, Matthew 28, 19. So we must hear the word because faith cometh by hearing the word. And you have to be a preacher. You have to make this proclamation. But with that admonition, there are warnings and curses and blessings and there are ways and there are statutes and judgment and all of these are contained. So those of us that don't go to church, 
that we're we're disobeying one command, one order right there. He says, forsake not the assembling together of yourselves. Look throughout the Old Testament and you'll see all of those who wanted to have a relationship with God says, let us go up into the house of the Lord and learn of him. Learn what he said. How can you serve somebody if you don't know that individual, you don't know that person? I have all types of people that I know or whatever and telling me or saying what the Bible says, but you're a hypocrite because your actions are different from actually what the word of God says. And the preacher, whoever told you that, didn't make sure that you tried to get a proper understanding of that. So you quoting the scripture just as Satan quoted the scriptures when he came to Jesus. Yes, Lord. but you don't understand them. Mm. You're doing them wrong. You're twisting mm-hmm. it in your brain, destruction upon yourself. The prophets warned them of the makeup and what was happening and why God left the people in the land. In the book of Joshua, remember they didn't drive all the people out. That's what Israel is trying to do. Not talking about drive Hamas out of Israel. Mm. And they're killing and murdering all these people in Gaza. Physically, you can't drive evil out. Did, G- did Jesus drive evil out or did Satan was here when Jesus left? He left the devil right here. Yes. Yes. You know, we came here and found the devil. When Adam and Eve was in the garden, what did they do? They found Satan. We didn't know how Satan got in the garden. But he did come to Eve. God has people in the church. God has you in the family of the place where he wants you to be. But do you know the purpose why you are there? Do you know the purpose why he have your enemies and things there? But if you study his word and it comes alive in you, you feel and you know that you can't, you don't fret thyself because of evil doing, for he are cutting them off. Yes. But we see some of the righteous are being cut off too. Some of the righteous are being killed by the wicked and, the, and evil. But that doesn't make you lose hope in the word of God. That doesn't make you lose hope in Jesus Christ. He directs you if your mind is up on him. As Joseph's mind was stayed up on the Lord. And he was thinking, how should I do this in a godly manner to put Mary away? God came to him. See, that's why we have to meditate in the word of God. We have to do th- things God's way. We have to have his thoughts after our th- We have to think his thoughts, not our thoughts. Amen. Yes. And he came to say, don't do this, Joseph, mm-hmm. because what's in her is, is the word of God. Mm-hmm. It's the Holy Spirit. It's conceived of the Holy Spirit. She hadn't come into adultery you see, God come to us in dreams and vision. God speaks to us through his word. You know, God even spoke to Solomon in his dream several times. But you know, Solomon rejected that advice. Solomon was a gen. Yeah. Solomon was a what the, mason. Solomon was a builder. He rejected God's word and he married those whorish women that drew his heart away from God. He built pagan temples to Chemosh, Asterisk, all of these other goddesses and goddesses. He was married to 700 women and 300 concubines. No way he could stay straight with the Lord. No way he could stay straight with God. But God had came to him in a dream and had warned him. That's the admonition. Do you warn people? You should admonish, and that's part of where you get your blessing from. You do the work of evangelists, and you tell people. Now, you don't have to keep nagging them and going on, but you didn't warn them. You've warned them. 
And it says, but the reason he leaves these people in the land to leave these people around you, he tells you in the book of Judges. Judges, the third chapter, first through the eighth verse, he says, Now these are the nations which the Lord left in order to test Israel by them. That is, all of the people of Israel who had not previously experienced any of the wars in Canaan, only in order that the generations of the sons of Israel might be taught war, at least those who had not experienced it previously. The remaining nations, all of the Canaanites, the Sidonians, the Hivites, who lived in Mount Lebanon and Mount Beharimah yep. to the entrance of Haman, they were allowed to remain for the testing of Israel to determine whether Israel would listen to and obey the commandments of the Lord, which he had commanded their fathers through Moses. And all of those people lived among them. Yes. God lived, let the devil stay among them, and they could be thorns in our sides. It's going to be like he told Paul, it's hard to kick against the pricks, ain't it? But he tells us in Revelation that we should be overcomers. You have to overcome that whore. You have to get that sexual lust out of your mind that God, Jesus told him to make it clear. Now he said, he who looketh after a woman to lust after has already committed adultery in his heart. So you have to stop all this looking and lusting. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. There are many battles you have to fight to be an overcomer. And the only way that's taught is in the New Testament through the Spirit of God because all of those are the works of the flesh. So, that good-looking woman, that woman that you married to or whatever, you have to, if you're married, you have to seek not to be loose. You still have to be faithful to God. And there's a many a man that's married to Jezebel. Oh, yes. But you still have to do what God had committed you to do. That is, love your wife. You have to provide for your family. Amen. The marriage is consecrated. It's sacred by the word. It's sanctified by the word of God. Your children are sanctified by the word of God. But each and every man has to work out his own salvation. Amen. You see, you have a job to do. You have to do it the right way. You can't just divorce your wife and say, oh, she's not my soul. May God show me that. I don't know if God showed you that or not. See, a lot of times you blame things on God that God hadn't given you. That's the worst. You know, the worst people to deal with is religious people, yes. is Christian people. Yes. Yes. Because those are the ones that make it up as they go. And they blame it on God. And they use the scriptures. That's the problem we have in America now. Christianity. It's a false Christian. It's another Jesus being preached. And God had allowed that to form here a rebellious nation. That's why they left uh, Britain. That's why they left over there. By, they said about uh, religion, but it was t money also. Money was the bottom line. Money is the root of, the love of money is the root of all evil. It's all about the dollar. Yes, yes, yes. They are adulterous children. Mm. And these are the ones who are supposedly the children of God. That's why I say be careful getting entangled in these wars and things that's going on. And you don't understand. Be careful of the relationships you develop. Be careful of the ones that you draw as close friends. Paul yes. tells us in Corinthians, if a brother be a fornicator or adulterer or gossip about it, see that you have no fellowship with him. You'd better watch people. Your inheritance, Matthew 23, 23rd, chapter 29 through 34, verse says, Woe to you, self-righteous scribes and Pharisees, 
you hypocrites. For you build the tombs of the prophets and you denigrate and adorn them. You decorate and adorn them monuments of righteousness. These are the ones that go around, oh no, don't take the Christ out of Christmas. Don't take Jesus out of Christmas and put up Christmas trees and decorations. And Jesus was born born in the manger and the little baby in the manger. And some of the most hateful, vile people in the world doing those things. Those are the ones who killed Christ and put him on the cross. Those are the ones that are stabbed you in the back. Those are the ones with the hateful hearts. Now, I'm not saying all of them. Some of them are misguided or misled. That's why he says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they're doing. Now, at that times of that ignorance with that word, he gave you a space to repent and learn of him. See, that commandment, his people hear that of learning of him. He said, but don't weep for me. Weep for your sons and daughters. Yes. So just because all of these big mega churches and all of these Christians and everybody saying, Jesus, 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 you better be careful. See, this is the one of the worst times to live. That's why Paul told him, says, perilous times shall live, come at the end time. It's going to be a seducing spirit. It's going to be all t- the temptress going to come. It's going to be a wicked and a vile and an evil time. He says, but keep them in the world, but keep, I pray that you keep them from the evil that's in the world. Don't let them be adulterated with this world. Keep them separate. I ask you, come out from among them. Be ye separate, and I'll be a father unto you. You'll be my sons and daughters. So you have to stay separate from the world. You have to be like oil and water. You know, Sonny, a guy on my job used to say, well, that's not my friend. That's an associate. Mm. You see, you don't have friends today. Like people on Facebook in different places, they'll be together for a while and something happened or whatever, and they defriend you or whatever. They unfriend you. Yes. Yes. But a friend, love it at all times. You know, a friend, Jesus said, I call you friends. You know, friend is someone that's real. Abraham was a friend of God. That's why I say, shouldn't I not tell Abraham what I'm about to do since he's my friend? You see, friends, and as we are God's friends, he tells us the mysteries of God. The revelation of Jesus Christ, because as we talk to him, he talks back to us. But God heareth not the voice of a sinner. God heareth not the voice of a sinner, those that are wicked or whatever. But he says, let me continue on there. He says, you serpents, you spawn of vipers, how can you escape the penalty of hell? Therefore, take notice. I'm sending you prophets, wise men, teachers, those men educated in the Mosaic law. Some of them you will kill and even crucify. And some you will flog in your synagogues and pursue and persecute from city to city so that you so that you will come the guilt of all the blood of the righteous shed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the Bereshit, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Assure you, and most solemnly say to you, the judgment of all these shall come upon you, and you because you are murderous and a gener- murderous generation yes. of your father the devil, the deeds you'll do. You see the oppression of the poor. A lot of people hate poor people. A lot of people hate justice. There's no justice in the streets. 
we see this nation about to put a adulterer back in office. Uh, he probably win election, re-election. Now, maybe that's the course. I'm not going to do it like a lot of preachers and things say, well, this is going to happen. God has it. I don't know what's going to happen. But I see what happened in Louisiana. I see what's happening throughout the world. I see that the Bible is going on exactly the way it said it should. And with fear and trembling, I'm trying to work out my salvation. I fear God and I come to his word and you don't know who to trust. So you trust Jesus in that he reveals to you day by day, give you your daily bread each day. So we in daily communications as you prayed in your opening prayer that each morning you wake up, you jump down on your knees and thank you, Lord, I'm here. Give me my marching orders for the day. Deliver me. Deliver me and keep me from temptation. Lord, show me what to do. Lord, guide me and establish me in you. I'm looking unto you. Now, as I said, there are two different seas in earth. There's a lot of people and they're hearing a lot of voices. Just because a preacher or somebody tell you these things, that might be a false profession. See, there are a lot of false professors and false teachers in the world. We're in an adulterous generation. That's, that's one thing about the admonition. And Peter knew this. The apostle Peter, who had the keys to the kingdom. Listen to what he says in Second Peter. Not my children. You remember I told you Hosea said, oh, those not my children. You know, you can tell those that are someone's children. Mm. Why? Because they look like them. They're being made in their image. And that's what Christ said is the beginning. You know, like I said, this thing is proceeding as God says. He said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. He made man upright, but man sought out crookedness. Mm. But he also condemned sin in the flesh. So there are some that are in the flesh that are condemned to this condemnation. He told us in the book of Jude, there are old men, that are, there are other men that were ordained to this condemnation who crept in unaware, came into the church, and they sit in the church and they lead it. And it says, Satan ministers are transformed into angels of light. But they are condemned. They're part of the ones that's adulterous generation. They're part of the adulteresses and adulterous children. They're cursed children. (laughs) Jesus says, an adulterous generation looking for a sign, and there shall no sign be given but the sign of Jonas the prophet. What was Jonas' sign? Jesus says he was in the grave three days and three nights. That throws Easter completely out of the water, does That makes Easter a pagan holiday because they said Good Friday, he was buried that Friday. He died that Friday and was buried, and he rose that Sunday. I don't think that's three days and three nights. And he he specifically said he's going to be in the grave three days and three nights. So somebody's math is wrong, and we know it's not God. So you see, that's one of the biggest church days of the year, Easter, of pagan holidays where they flock to the church. Two pagan holidays, Christmas and Easter, is the largest days of the year. A pagan day when Constantine said that Jesus showed him a 
cross and he was going to change Roman, the Roman government to Christianity and he changed worship and he made it Sunday. The largest day of the year to go to church is Sundays. Another pagan? Because in the beginning, he consecrated one day and said, that's the day of rest. That's the holy day. Yes. The Sabbath, he, caught, he set it apart from the rest of those days. But man says, no, we can set aside this day. We're going to change that day. Jesus says, I change not. That's part of his description. He changed not. He's, he's not a man that he should repent. Listen at what Peter says, 2 Peter 12 through 14. 2 Peter 2 chapter 12 through 14. He says, but these false teachers, like unreasoning of brute beasts, mere creatures of instinct, born to be captured and destroyed. Why was these people born? To be destroyed. Why was Pharaoh born? To be? He said, I created you to be destroyed. See, there are people that are born into this condemnation. They're not gods. What's in a man's going to come out. So when you turn from your righteous deeds or righteousness, you're just doing what's in you. Mm -hmm. Eventually it's going to come out. What's in a man shall come out. He says, I captured and destroyed, reviling things they do not understand, will also perish in their own corruption in they're destroying, they will be destroyed. Suffering wrong, destined for punishment as the wages of doing wrong. They counted a delight to revile in, revel in the daytime, living luxuriously. They are stains and blemishes on mankind, reveling in their deceptions even as they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, constantly looking for sin, enticing and luring away unstable souls having hearts trained in greed, covetousness, their cursed children. They can't change. You can't change a wolf into a sheep. Now Paul says after he leaves, grievous wolves was entered into the flock. Now what they have to do is kill a lot of sheep and put on their clothes. That's what it says, wolves in sheep's clothing. But underneath, they're still a wolf. They hadn't been converted. There's no repentance in them. That's why he says, seal these things up, lest they hear with their ears and see with their eyes and be converted and I heal them. God says they won't understand because their destination is destruction. That is what he created them for to destroy. God has chosen those that he's going to place into his family. That brings about the third point, adoption. So they had to ask Jesus to teach us to pray. Mm. And Jesus taught his disciples saying, pray, Abba, Father. In other words, now you're in the family of God. He had adopted you in the family. There's no more Jew or Gentile. So this thing with Israel and people saying about the Jews or whatever, well, they persecuted the the, uh, the Anglo-Saxons came over here and destroyed the Native Americans, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Didn't they annihilate the people? Yes. Didn't they bring the black slaves from Africa? Yes. Didn't they have white slaves in the Roman Empire? Yes. Aren't they now 
desecrating people in Ukraine and throughout the world. There were always wars and rumors of wars. And there were always people groups. You remember during the time of the Japanese before Pearl Harbor and the way they were treating the Japanese after then? Aren't they doing that after the pandemic with the Chinese and what's going on? And they always, that's why Jesus says nation will try rise against nation. Yes. You will have this ethnic cleansing of all people. So blacks are still being gunned down through by law enforcement officers. There's still no righteousness in our justice system. So, but to Christ, there's no Jew or Gentile. That argument goes all the way back to when Moses had married the Ethiopian woman, which was a Cushite, which is modern-day Sudan. So Moses had a wife that was black, and that's why Miriam uh, murmured against Moses, and God struck her with leprosy. So this is not, this didn't just happen. So God has a people, and he says he's not willing that any should perish, that all men shall be saved. So there's a remnant, 10% of a remnant of the Jewish population will be saved. A remnant of the African-American or the black population will be saved. A remnant of the Chinese people. So with the Jew, a portion was the all. In other words, as we take 10% of each race, Let's just say 10%. Uh, if you have a pie with eight slices, if you take a slice of each one of the five different pies, take one slice of each pie, you saved all pies. Even though seven slices of each one of those five pies were cast out, by each, you had a representative from each race. Yes. So that's what God is. All men shall be saved. He says, God's sows a righteous seed, those that are his. So among each group, he says, among a family, you may just take one out of a family. He says, two shall be lying in a bed, one taken and one left. Hosea 7, Hosea 2.23 in the Old Testament says, I will sow her for myself in the land. I will also have mercy on her who had not obtained mercy. And I will say to those who were not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. So those in Hosea that he said wasn't his people, you had a group he said was his people. He says, now I'm saying you are my people. I've changed the situation. God has changed the situation. Remember when Ruth left and she told Naomi, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. So she made a conscious choice to join and work for God. We have to make that choice to follow after Christ. But we can't be unfaithful to him. He's looking for faithfulness. Now the book of Romans quotes the book of Hosea. So those who don't like the Old Testament, the New Testament was the Old Testament open up. It's the reality of it. The Old Testament was just a shadow of things to come. Yes. This is the spiritual essence of it. Romans the 25th through the 26th verse of the ninth chapter says, Just as he says in the writing of the prophet Hosea, I will call those who were not my people, my people, and I will call her who was not beloved, beloved, and it shall be in that place where it was said to them, You are not my people, they shall be called 
people of the living God. So those that, are, that were Jews, that was his chosen people, they're not his people. Those that are Gentiles that he says was not his people are his people. But he's not in exclusive of all Jews, and it's not inclusive of all Gentiles. It's the one he chooses, those that he puts together. Because he scattered some of his people in Babylon, but he called them out, just as he says in Revelation, come out of Babylon. So we are scattered all abroad. My brother was saying, they talked to one of my nephews, and I got a niece, and you know, they your family is throughout the world not scattered, throughout the United States or wherever they may be. But if they are of God, they're doing what they should be doing or whatever. You may not see them again in this life or whatever, but they're where God has them at. That's their family where they are. But they're still a part of the body of Christ. They're still your brothers, sisters, sons, daughters, whatever relationship they are to you. So his people grow by the word of God in that seed. So I consistently, I tell my little niece, I say, I email her copies of the notes from the sermon, and I tell her we on sermon audio to follow that and get you in a church with a pastor and everything because what happens is we listen to televangelists, people online, the Internet. That's good. I want you hearing the word of God because it only could strengthen you. If you're listening at the word of God all day, not listening at soap operas, game shows, and televisions, and with the iPad, iPod, or phone, or whatever you're doing on the job, or whatever you're doing, you have to be in the world, but not of the world. You don't love the world, but you, your needs can't go out of the world. So sometimes you need to, it's good to get away for some time. So you might need to sit down and watch your television program. It's nothing wrong. That's entertainment. God created everything for good, and God will allow you to draw something out of it. He'll allow you to draw something spiritual from those things. Yes. But you be careful of what you watch. Mm. Be careful of what you listen to. Yes. So you may be fleeting a flush. Mm. That which is flush is flush. That which is spiritual is spiritual. So you pray to God to lead you into what's to set before your eyes and what you, that your ears hear. But his word feeds his people, and this is what he says. This is the last point in this last point here, and then I'll bring it to a conclusion. Second Timothy 1 through 5 says, So you, my son, be strong, that is, constantly strengthened, and we preach, strengthen thyself. You strengthen thyself, why? How? Through the word. The study of the word and obeying the word. It's no doing no good knowing the word and not obeying. To reject the word or rebel against the word is witchcraft or sorcery. It puts you as an antagonist of God. Yes. It makes you adulterer. He says, strengthen thyself and empower it in the grace that is to be found only in Christ Jesus. Only him. That's your husband. That's the head of the man. That's the head of the woman. That's the, the bridegroom of the church. It says the things, the doctrines, the precepts, the admonitions. And I remember that was my first point, the admonitions. And we're constantly admonishing one another. He says the admonitions, the sum of my ministry, which you have heard me teach in the presence of many witnesses, 
entrust as a treasure to, to reliable and faithful men who will also be capable and qualified to teach others. Take with me and share of hardship that is passing through the difficulties which are called in, or you are called to endure. So as I said, he left these things in to try you. God tried Abraham. Yes. He tested him. He tried Job. Mm-hmm. He took Job through many hardships and difficulties. Your life, you aren't the only ones that's went through something. Your brethren are suffering the same thing. The trying of your faith is worth much more than, than gold tried in the fire. But he will send trial and tribulation your way. That which endures, whether you're building with wood, stubble, or hay, because each man's works will be tried in the fire. And in the book of Revelation, we pray to him to keep me during the hour of trial, the time of tribulation. He says, like a good soldier in Jesus Christ, you must endure those things. He says, no soldier in active service get entangled in the ordinary business affairs of civilian life. In other words, don't get entangled up in the world. What's going on in Israel and Palestine? You pray for both of them. You pray for Israel, you pray for Palestine. Mm -hmm. It says pray for your enemies. You're praying for everybody because you don't have a dog in this fight. Mm -hmm. This is the world. You don't have a dog in this fight. So Jesus tells us to pray for all of us. Samuel says, I won't cease to pray for you. In prayer and supplication, let your requests be known to God. You pray for your communities. You pray for your leaders. You pray for all, all people. All men. He says, no soldier gets entangled in civilian life. He avoids them so that he may please the one who enlisted him to service, which is Jesus Christ. And if anyone competes as an athlete in competitive games, he is not crowned with the wreath of victory unless he competes according to the rules. You must do this according to the word of God. You can't fight evil with evil. Mm -hmm. So you can't go out and kill and murder all of those people like they're doing in those different nations. He teaches us, don't escalate the thing. Turn the other cheek. Endure. Jesus allowed them to kill him on the cross. Peter says, when reviled, he reviled not again. But most of us in that American way, though I could stand up for myself, I can do these things. That's what the false Christianity is teaching the people today, and it's repulsive. That's where the fight is, is within the church. Remember, the enemy comes from within. And God's shaking the foundation. And if the foundation shall be shaken, what's going to remain? Only that that's in Christ. Conclusion. The zeal of the Lord of hosts. The zeal of the Lord of hosts. His will is being done according to Romans 27 and 9. He says, and Isaiah calls out concerning Israel. Though the number of the sons of Israel be like the sea of the sand of the sea, it is only the remnant that is a small believing minority that will be saved. They will only be a small minority saved from God's judgment, though he promised Abraham that he would have sand as the sea. All of them, just like those of Haggai, Ishmael, wasn't saved. It's only those of the promise that are saved. It's only the seed of the promise. Remember, Abraham had two seeds. Yes. 
Isaac was the promised seed. So us of the promise, because where the promise come from? Way back in Genesis, it says, and her seed. Whose seed? The woman's seed. The woman is a type of the church. Those that are born again, those that are born of God, those are the ones that should prevail. So the Israel of God is the church. They're his chosen people. That's who the chosen people is. Not a physical Israel, but a spiritual Israel. It's not physical adultery, but it's spiritual adultery. It says, he will conclude his dealings with mankind completely and without delay. It is as Isaiah foretold, if the Lord of hosts had not left us a seed that is future generations which believe we would have become like Sodom and Gomorrah. So we, we his people, we his people in this New Testament church, his spirit is working within us. Matthew 8, chapter 10 through the 13th verse, as he tells this parable. He says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those who were following him, I tell you truthfully, I have not found such great faith as this with anyone in Israel. This was a centurion. This was a Roman. This was person, not an Israelite, not a Jew. He says, I have not seen such great a faith in all of Israel. This was the Gentile bride. This was part of the church. And Jesus says, I say to you that many Gentiles will come from east and west and will sit down to feast at the table and enjoy God's promises with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven because they have accepted me as Savior. While the sons of the heir of the kingdom, that is the descendants of Abraham, who will not recognize me as Messiah, will be thrown out into outer darkness. And in that place, which is farthest from the kingdom, there will be weeping and gnashing of, and grinding of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centur, go and it will be done unto you as you have believed. In other words, through faith, as you grow in faith, you'll be in the kingdom of God. In those that I said, what my children, throw those little bastards out of here into outer darkness. It's going to be weeping and grinding of teeth. You enjoyed the pleasures of God. It's just like he, Hosea, she didn't actually know who was buying her grain, her flour, and who was doing for us. You know, we're the most unthankful and ungrateful generation. God has done all for us. And he says, if you need anything, ask the Father in my name, and that would he do. So a lot of us have been blessed, and we turn our backs on our parents, on our children, and on the things of this world for idols and for covetousness, and God says, throw them out. They don't have on the proper garments. They can't be inside this wedding feast because I gave them a garment to put on. I told them they'd be clothed in Christ to put on Jesus and to pull off that other God they have on. You can't wear your own clothes in the kingdom. You have to be clothed in his righteousness. Your righteousness is filthy rags. It could look like a Rolls Royce, but that's just paves the highway for the gold that's in heaven. Cast him out. If you're not in his image and his likeness, thy will be done. His, by his spirit, he will perform this. You'd better watch the relationships that you develop. You'd better watch who you take into your confidence. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this day, 